0: Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a good week. I'm recording this just a tad early because I'm going to be spending the weekend in Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> um, I'm visiting some friends who don't actually watch Bravo, so who knows uh, if we'll make our way downtown and get to see Craig's Pillow Store, but I'm very open to it. Anyway, so... Because I recorded early, we only got into Summer House and The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Unfortunately, Potomac and Family Karma were not on this week because they coincided with the Super Bowl. And let me tell you, you know, executives at Bravo, we can multitask. We can handle it all. You don't need to not air things because it happens to be the Super Bowl. Although I know they want ratings and they want people to watch it live. So part of me understands. But we'll just have to hang on um, for this next week so that we can get our dose of family karma and the reunion for the Real Housewives of Potomac. So, as I mentioned, I'm going to be in Charleston, and just some news that I feel like I'm a little late to is, unfortunately, Olivia Flowers, who is a cast member on Southern Charm, unfortunately, her brother passed away at the end of January. Um, and I just feel so, you know, bad for her, and uh, my heart goes out to her family, and her friends, his friends, everything. It just seems like a really tough experience to lose a sibling. And then to have the attention of the show, which is filming, I believe, at the moment, um, must be all-encompassing and very, very overwhelming. So I'm glad that she has someone like Austin to lean on, who has experienced the loss of a sibling, um, but I'm also hoping that maybe she could get some advice at some point from Carl, who experienced the loss of a sibling while cameras were rolling. And because, you know, <laughs> Summerhouse is filmed 24-7, all of it was caught, uh, his reaction and all on camera. And it was one of the most painful things um, I've ever witnessed watching on reality TV the other was when Vicki found out that her mom died while cameras were rolling. It's just um, such a difficult thing and grief is so personal. And so I'm just sending her and her family well wishes as they navigate the um, unfortunate new normal that they have. Um, pretty hard pivot <laughs> from Southern Charm to Vanderpump Rules. I hope all of you are watching again, including those of you who maybe weren't as into the last couple of seasons. It is back, baby. It is old school Vanderpump Rules, and it feels so authentic. Like The fights and the drama feel like the actual fights and the drama. A good example, I mean, not even just fighting, but Raquel opening up about how she's trying to navigate life without James and not just because James is gone, but because he bankrolled her life. She didn't have to pay anything. And she met him when she was, what, 22 years old? So she never really got to live as an adult woman and become financially independent and do things on her own. He just did it all for her. And man, that must be very overwhelming now that he's gone and she has to figure it all out herself. And seeing Tom and Katie at the party at Schwartz and Sandy's and just like the pain uh, like surrounding their divorce and Katie being very clear about why she filed for divorce and why their relationship with Schwartz wasn't working and Schwartz still not quite getting it. It's that must be endlessly difficult um, for Katie and also for Schwartz, who keeps finding himself in situations where he's like, "Ah, oh, how did this happen? And I don't know, bro, it's you. It's you. Also, all of the Lala and Randall drama, like, I'm very invested in this story. This is a fascinating situation where she was on the show and she protected him and she hid his identity for at least a year, if not more, as he was going through a divorce. She really was manipulated by him and believed his lies. And, you know, part of me is like Tom Sandoval and thinks, you know, she should have known better And that part of me is more focused on how nasty she was to everyone else around her, judging everyone else's relationships, putting her nose in everyone else's business. But if anyone dared say anything about her relationship or her man, she would bite their heads off. And I feel like that's where she went wrong. She didn't allow anyone to tell her anything that she didn't want to hear. And I hope that's something that she learns. Um, But at the same time, like, she clearly was manipulated by him. I don't believe she's lying. Absolutely anything that happened. So when Lisa Vanderpump is talking to Lala and says, like, you should have known. I mean, like, we all want to say that to a friend sometimes. Uh, but like she's sort of a mentor role to Lala and what a shitty thing to say to someone especially when they're down and to say it in that way it just provoked such a raw emotional response from Lala and I feel like we're really getting that from her and I I appreciate it like I feel like we're seeing these people's real lives and the actual stuff that's going on and not this manufactured stories around a restaurant. So I'm here for it. I love it. I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. So this week on the podcast, I have Harmony McGivney. She is so fantastic. She's lived in New York for a decade, but she's an expert on the tri-state area. So we talk about the Real Housewives of New Jersey. We talk about Summer House. We spend a lot of time talking about the Lindsay and Carl situation, and I'm curious how people are feeling about that. If people kind of agree with us that maybe some of the issue is that there's that Carl is sober and. No one likes that, basically, <laughs> or if they think the issue is actually Lindsay and his relationship. But would love to hear from all of you. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and give it a five star rating and leave a kind review. And if you want to reach out to me for any reason, you can reach me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. We'll take a quick break and then back with Harmony Hi everyone. I am here with Harmony McGivney. She is back for a second time. We are ready to dive into Jersey and Summer House. She has spent 10 years living in New York and time in the tri-state area before that. So she's the perfect person to have as we dive into the Northern Jersey Housewives and the New York City and Long Island Summer House people. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great, Mandy. How are you? I'm
0: good. I'm really excited to get your takes on everything because I've actually really stepped away from social media lately, mainly because I'm so busy. I don't yeah. have time. And so sometimes I wonder if my takes are like influenced by social media ever. But this time, I can guarantee you they're not because <laughs> I haven't talked about these shows with anybody. Awesome. (laughs) Where do you think we should start? Well, okay, before we get into this week's shows, we obviously didn't have the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion because of the Super Bowl. So sad. It really did upset me because as soon as the Super Bowl was over, I was like, okay, I DVR'd and it wasn't there. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Well, especially because the Super Bowl also ended fairly early this year, like not crazy early East Coast time, but like fairly early. You're like, wait, we could have squeezed this in. Why? We could have (laughs) squeezed it
0: in. I would have turned off the Super Bowl to watch. (laughs)
1: <laughs> not a fan of
0: either team like Rihanna was done performing yeah.
1: I was ready for Potomac After the Rihanna concert give me Potomac <laughs> I need to I need to see it <laughs> so
0: speaking of Potomac Giselle has been seen gallivanting around town with Jason from Winterhouse
1: yes.
0: now I had thought this wasn't a real thing is this a real thing
1: It might be a real thing because she went with him to the winter or the Summer House premiere, which I don't really know why he was at the Summer House premiere unless he makes an appearance. But they they made a, you know, on display, on display um, to quote Melissa Gorga. But they were they were there together. Interesting.
0: And this is so fascinating to me because I feel like anyone that Giselle has ever filmed with, it was kind of fake and for show. Sure. Like not real relationships. It just didn't give that kind of I don't know, I just didn't I wasn't feeling it. But it, it'll be interesting to see if he's on The Real Housewives of Potomac.
1: That would be amazing. Well, and especially cuz we got that teaser in the reunion trailer about Andy saying like Ashley and Giselle have Winter House to thank That was <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs>
0: Well, I would love to actually see some of Giselle's real life that's not just okay. her kids. So yeah. they're going to be out of the house soon, all of them. So she's better. If she wants to be on this long term, she has to show us actual stuff going on in her life.
1: Absolutely. And can I make one more Potomac comment? Which no, that- yes. I, um, so I've done a lot of Bravo things since we last spoke from Bravo Con to then going to watch what happens live, which was like a goal of mine. I was like, before the end of 2022, I'm getting my bestie and I to watch what happens live. Uh, so I actually DM'd Andy Cohen and he got back to me. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <what> <laughs> I promise. So he just... All he, I wrote this whole soliloquy, and then he wrote me back with the woman's email address who books the audience for Watch What Happens Live.
0: That is too funny! Oh my god, I've been once in person and once virtually. Awesome! And the in person was because my brother was friends with the person who books. Oh wow! Yeah, and didn't realize that or or someone who worked for andy cohen for like six years and then he's like oh is this the show that you like <laughs> and he's like oh i should i should tell her and i was like yeah you you failed to mention that you have a friend that works for andy cohen and this has been going on like what six seven years and you haven't told me So we
1: need to know all Bravo connections at all times. She came
0: through and for one of my best friends, Steph's birthday, we, the two of us went to New York City and we got a chance to go to Watch What Happens Live.
1: Amazing. Who was the guest when you were there? Tom and Katie. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And all I can
0: say is she is so stunning and it just somehow doesn't translate on camera the way it does in real life. But like breathtakingly beautiful
1: wow i mean she's getting her revenge on social media just like every photo she's posting is just absolute fire um but when i went to watch what happens live robin dixon was the guest
0: wait oh but this was before all the this drama. was before
1: this was before so this was back i actually think this was october because i remember my husband being like you're doing another bravo thing this month." I was like, <laughs> "Yes." <laughs> yes, I am. This is my life now. No. Uh but my best friend and I keep who I went with keep joking. We're like, Robin Dixon lied to us. Robin Dixon personally lied to us in the audience by being so when she was there, she made a comment, and it's in the uh recording, but about how like, oh, you know, and you'll just have to see. To and wait and Andy, see. I remember this and and Andy was like, uh, I mean, I get the didn't he
0: say like I get the
1: you said you don't get married. Like, you don't get married. The, I get the, the taste.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so she must have gotten married after that.
1: Which just compounds all the questions. All the questions. <laughs> At least for, you know, all of us. I don't know. Do you think
0: they planned it because of when she said that and how weird it looked?
1: I think there's so much background that we have no idea. And I know you've talked about, you know, his legal stuff with coaching and everything in the past. But like, I don't or that's going on right now. But I, I don't know. I think they're a lot more complicated than maybe we ever thought.
0: I think they are too. It It's also interesting if they're together for the kids, because those kids are what 12 and 14. Yeah, they're gonna be out of the house. I mean, you blink and they're gonna be grown up. And then yeah. what happens? Right? Then what does it mean to be married? With someone and no children that you're raising together. Yeah. What is the relationship like then? From everything I hear from people who run in the same circles as her is that there is some sort of not, I don't know if it's an agreement, but it's like she looks the other way. She knows the stuff is going on and he is with other women. Wow. Including like stays over at their house overnight, which is like, well how do you talk
1: to your kids about that i don't know i mean to each his own but like as andy grilled her on you know the watch what happens live that happened two weeks ago like you're on a reality show about your life you need to show your life and what's what's happening here
0: okay so speaking of showing your life do you think we should dive into summer house or jersey first
1: Oh, up to
0: you. I want you to choose.
1: Okay. Guest choice. (laughs) All right, let's do Jersey then. Okay.
0: Okay. Um I love Danielle. Yes. I don't think I've liked a housewife this much in their debut season since I don't know when. I love her. She is effortlessly funny she says what she's thinking she doesn't feel like she's playing a character it seems like she is a character and we haven't had that in so long we've just had these women who are trying to play characters it's giving it's giving very like old school new york kind Mm -hmm. of
1: like i just love it She's really fun and vibrant and I'm going to be perfectly honest I have scoured the internet to rewatch her true life episode. I cannot find it anywhere. I can, like I've had friends who like work in the industry and I'm like, "Can you help me? Help me?" And they're like, "I we don't know."
0: <laughs> it's so funny cuz last week Dan was talking about how he remembers it so much and how she's yeah. basically the same but uh, you know, a mature adult at this point.
1: I definitely agree with that. And in seeing the preview where they show her father, I was like, why does that guy look so familiar? And then I was like, well, he must have been in her true life episode. Like, that must, I mean, her dad must have made an appearance because, <laughs> and it is true. Also, what made me really f- laugh a lot was how her accent is so intense. Like, her, and like, yes, people have that much of an intense accent, but, um, like was said before how in true life they were trying to get her to change her accent. And it's like, I don't think anything was ever going to help her. (laughs) But I also love, I love how she embraces it. And she, you know, talked about the difference between a Staten Island girl and a Jersey girl and how she melds it. But I love, I love almost the nostalgia of the hot pink nails with the hot pink top with the feathers. Like I'm clocking her white shorts her white jeans. It's like the these styles are very nostalgic for me, and I love it.
0: <laughs> I love everything about her. I just I can't get enough. I I honestly like all three of the newbies. So yeah. Rachel, who I was super skeptical of because she was born in 1991, turns Far- out the son is her stepson. Yeah. Um. But I had thought maybe she had had a kid in her teens. You, you never know. You know. Yeah. Um. And. She seems to have a lovely family. And I. what I love about these two women is that they're showing their children, but their whole identity isn't being a mother, right? right? Because I don't find that as interesting to watch. Like, I like to watch Ashley Darby with her kids, but I like that there's more to her on the show than just being a mother. You know, I don't know. When they I'm make it their whole identity, that. it kind of bores me a little bit. Um, and then we've got... Um, Jen Fessler, who is another favorite of mine, did <laughs> you know we really needed Jewish energy on this mm-hmm. show, and we are truly getting actual Jewish energy. Although she was incorrect about one thing when she Ooh, when what? they were talking, they were at Margaret's house talking about what sex acts m- make you feel guilty, and she's like, "Oh, I'm Jewish; everything makes me feel guilty." yes, most things make you feel guilty if you're Jewish, not sex. That's, like, definitely not shamed in Judaism in any way. It's just, like, not a part of the culture. Um, okay. But when she said every Jew is in therapy, I was like, yes. <laughs> I just died. That and, was so good. And then Teresa was like, oh, the Jews, uh, amen for the Jews or something. else. like,
1: Oh, Oh, Teresa. (laughs) Because
0: I know that, you know, Northern Jersey is so Italian, but it's Mm -hmm. also so Jewish.
1: Yeah. Well, I loved when Rachel said um, pizza bagel because I am married to a pizza bagel and myself am half Italian, half Irish. So... I I get a lot of you know the cultural elements especially you know the Italian because that is so much more outwardly cultural if that makes sense like yeah. I mean I want to go make mozzarella like that sounds awesome that would be that would be so fun
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it too actually after yeah. watching that how long do you think the term pizza bagel has been around like do you think people have been describing them as pizza bagels like since the 90s
1: I don't know if since the 90s, but I will tell you that when my now husband and I first started dating, I mentioned it to a coworker and who was from Long Island and she looked me dead in the eye and goes, oh, you're dating a pizza bagel. And that was 2015. I want to say. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. For those listening, it means someone who's half Italian, yes. half Jewish. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I was laughing so hard at all of this. Okay. Got to get your thoughts. What do you think of Teresa and Jennifer meeting up with Laura, Margaret's ex-best friend?
1: That's nuts. That's if you want to have any, any kind of copacetic relationship with Margaret, why would you do that? And I think it's so from what we've seen, it's so Jennifer to do that. Like it's it's just so her, you know, like the past is the best predictor of future behavior. Like she is that kind of person to do that. And her trying to justify it by saying, Well, Margaret would do the same thing. It's like you don't necessarily know that Margaret would do the same thing. I don't I I don't know, but what really gave me Ajita, truly was when um, Danielle asked, oh, so, like, did you say anything about anybody else? And there was silence. Like, when's the last time we've seen that? Like, to make a FaceTime call impactful on Housewives? Like that? Right. Or, or, or like, whose body is in the backyard? Like, what <laughs> happened?
0: I think this is where... The Melissa of it all comes yeah. in and it sounds like Laura was the one who said that Melissa was making out with some guy and I guess that comes out later in the season. Um, I feel like this is the first time I actually really can see where Jennifer is coming from because I think Margaret does dig up shit on everyone. I mean the fact okay. that she knew about Bill's affair all those years ago and brought it up and waited waited multiple seasons to bring it up and then did it in the premiere of like last season, it felt that felt harsh, right? And I understood why she did it. I agreed with the argument that Margaret was making that Jennifer was being a hypocrite. She was being a hypocrite. But it does like lead to me like think of a level of like sinister. I don't know if that's a word, but i could see that i i don't know i feel like though jennifer is so bad at articulating she really is anything and she just comes across kind of nuts and so what she should have said if i were her is listen this person reached out to me i thought whatever i'll listen You know, I feel like people reach out to you all the time and you definitely listen to them. I mean, where else would you hear that my husband had cheated on me 10 years ago? And Mm -hmm. so I listen to this person. I'm like not giving a whole lot of weight to it. And I also want to be like, so what happened in the last two, three years that makes this best friend your enemy now? Because that that to me is a red flag, like to yeah. have someone be so close to you and then all of a sudden be like you hate them. Like what what's going on there?
1: Well, and this woman definitely seems out for blood with, you know, having a, a sit down with Teresa and Jennifer and trying to divulge anything she can. I feel like I read somewhere that she tried to get on the show, but it didn't work out and Uh, she got mad. Again, I don't have a substantial source for that, but that also does make sense. Yeah, that makes sense. If she feels burned and she's like, well, I'm going to take you down with me, which I don't think is very sensical, but okay. (laughs) Every fight goes back to the show itself. Yeah.
0: Um all right. Dolores. What are your thoughts on her this season? I feel like we're seeing a different side
1: than well, we
0: haven't seen before.
1: Um I now have an epic affinity for Dolores Catania because at BravoCon, she called me and my best friend Pretty and asked us we were where we were hanging out after BravoCon. So Oh my god, I, she's I, so sweet. She's like sweetest. So now I'm Team Dolores. But What's interesting about that is they had, so they had all the different photo ops. They had her and Jennifer in a photo op together.
0: Oh, they must be on better terms now then.
1: Yeah. So I'm watching all of this going, how do we get from here to being able to, you know, and it wasn't like I saw them being over gregarious, but- They were also, they had a job to do. So I can see both of them being like, we have a job to do. Let's just stand here. Um, But meeting Dolores, because I've heard a lot of great things about Dolores in general as a person, but then meeting her in person, you really do see that. And she seems, she has a really warm energy and seems like a nice person. I'm really happy for her and Polly. I want to know more concrete details about Polly. Like, His Instagram bio says entrepreneur that makes my little antennas go up. But then I did some research (laughs) and then I saw that he's actually possibly like an electrician, but I haven't seen, and they met at the Apple store. So I just, I have a lot of questions about him specifically and then them as a couple, but I'm very happy for her if, if she's happy and, you know, is able to let her guard down, which we all know is hard for Dolores from Patterson, so.
0: Yeah, I had been a little bit anxious about Polly since we started hearing about him, just because it seems like Frank has an issue, and why would Frank have an issue, considering he was, like, cool with David and all of that. But now I'm wondering if it actually was Frank being the problem all along and not respecting boundaries and yeah. David didn't care because he wasn't as invested in the relationship so I'm seeing things like oh, with a whole new like light because I'm wondering is he trying you know is Polly trying to I don't know dictate what Dolores can and can't do but it actually doesn't seem like that at all and he even said I feel like Frank's, like, more awkward around me. Like, it's weirder for Frank than it is for me. Like, I don't care.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe Polly is finally there present, being the partner that Dolores has always craved. And that is an adjustment for Big Frank.
0: Yeah, I guess because her whole... Like, the whole time the kids were growing up, she was focused on the kids and not dating. She never had, like, a serious boyfriend. Then David comes along, and, you know, Frank gets to continue whatever role he wants because David doesn't care. And then now you've got Polly who's like, dude, I got her. Like, you don't need to, like, stop by unannounced. You don't need to fix things for her. You You know, like, I got it. And I think Frank sees that as maybe a threat, but also maybe a threat to his role on the show. Ooh, yeah. Cause yeah. There's no real reason for him to actually be on the show. He's not married to her. He doesn't do things with her anymore. Now she has a partner. You know, he used to like travel with her when it was couples trips and she didn't have anyone or David was busy, or whatever. David
1: was always working, yeah.
0: So, yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I, I also love the advice that he gave her, which is, you know, if she can't move on, you move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, If everything was just that simple on Housewives. (laughs) If only. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did you laugh so hard seeing not just Teresa's wedding invitation, but, like, knowing what was to come?
1: I was dying. (laughs) That was, I mean, ridiculous. Like, I hope Teresa invoiced Ramona. Because, like, as someone who's planned a wedding, I was... I, I would have been outraged.
0: It sounds that- like they didn't end up changing the invitations, but just changing the passwords and emailing everyone a new password. But I would be nervous to have the wedding at the same location because, like, fans now know people are crazy, you know? Yeah, but-, but it sounds like it went fine. And, I mean, I'm glad. <laughs>
1: Like, yeah, I think Teresa said she had to hire extra security because uh, of, her. and I think she changed her rehearsal dinner location from one place to it was supposed to be at that place Rails that they've always filmed yeah, at. Okay, like, Dolores was like running across the parking lot without her shoes. Um, that one scene. Uh, but yeah, that was just what a mess.
0: And at the Ramona. end of the day, Ramona didn't even show up.
1: I would have been livid. <laughs>
0: She's such a shitty person. Yeah, she's um, <laughs> uh, Then we've got the mo- mozzarella party. Why do they call it mozzarella and not mozzarella? I'm asking you as an Italian.
1: I think it's just, it's an accent thing.
0: Oh, it's, okay. It,
1: it's like mozzarella you know saying it kind of an italian way i laughed really hard when margaret arrived at the party and was like what's doing because that's something my mother-in-law says who's from long island and italian (laughs) and it just like it makes me die every time because it's such a locational thing to say yeah i've never never heard heard anyone say that i've never heard anyone even in connecticut say that but they're like when they see what's doing what's happening what what are you doing what'd you do today and you're like, "Oh, hi. Okay. Uh, it's an interrogation." <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's with love. <laughs> they interrogate you because they love
0: you. I was like, "Is there like a, in Italian is like the cheese not feminine, so there's no a? like I was like <laughs> I was like if I was like I wish too I could complicate it. <laughs> um when Dolores said that everyone was a bunch of sick fucks getting turned on my cheese i nearly fell out of my chair because i was like this is weird like why are people like why are these women so horny all the time
1: i don't know i mean i love cheese so like i understand to a point but i think it was because that guy giacomo was, he was really cute, cute.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: these women are just
0: they're so funny um when Jennifer and Margaret finally spoke again, do you feel like Margaret crossed a line when she said you need therapy?
1: That's tough. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, this is awful. But like Jennifer has had to have heard that before, you know, like someone- <laughs> I'm sorry! Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm sure. Someone, someone that quote-unquote unhinged or like who wow. flies off the handle so much. Okay.
0: I actually think she probably hasn't because she only hangs out with her family. That and Her family true. doesn't believe in therapy probably. <laughs> and so then no one would have ever told her to do that. I don't think she has a lot of friends, which is why she seems to be so awkward around everyone and act – like in a way like she just can't develop actual friendships.
1: Can we also take a moment to acknowledge how her children roast her and I just find it so funny. Like in the premiere where they had her oldest daughter calling her an airhead and then <laughs> in this episode Olivia, what did Olivia say to her? Oh she Olivia, said like, like and oh. risk
0: breaking this like perfect natural,
1: natural like nose. <laughs> Yeah,
0: you know what? I think she has a lovely family, and those kids seem so well-adjusted. Like when Danielle came over and her kids were younger, and Olivia grabbed the girl who's like four by the hands and was like, here, let's go play. That is such a sweet thing to watch. They seem like really nice kids. I just think Jennifer is socially awkward, and I don't know how much of it is actually... I'm trying to think of the right word. Like, I don't, I don't think she's necessarily always malicious, but I feel like the women always interpret her as being malicious. And I can't tell if I'm missing something, like, but she seems like to genuinely have difficulty with adult relationships. (laughs) Like
1: Maybe she's not just clumsy physically. She's also clumsy with her words. Oh, for sure. And just doesn't, yeah, I think that she doesn't know how to articulate. And I think somebody is so no-nonsense as Margaret is just like, how are you giving me this lip right now? And expecting me to digest it as fact and something that I'm just supposed to be okay with. Especially something as so serious as having a, you know, a meeting with someone that has vitriol for her.
0: Yeah, no, that is, that is definitely, it's interesting to watch Jennifer and Dolores go at it because. Teresa is at a loss. Like she is friends with Jennifer, but she's not going to go against Dolores. She's not. No. And it's, it's hard for me. Like, I hope Jennifer is able to look back and be like, wow, you know, Dolores actually did stick up for me. And the one time I wanted her to choose like my opinion, she didn't and I decided to lash out against her. But people can have different opinions. It doesn't mean they're not a good friend.
1: Correct. But I also think Jennifer saying Dolores who in the presence of Dolores was lighting a match. Like, that is asking for a world of trouble when, you know, Dolores was trying to be as civil as possible at the party with her by just keeping a respectful distance and not ruining Danielle's party.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My God. It's just... Ugh, but I love the newbies. I like the interactions they're li- having. I like that Rachel did not back down when Jennifer was like going against her. She's like, I can ask a question to you. I can say that something sounds hypocritical. Like, I can say what I want, you know. I appreciate all of that.
1: Definitely. And I can't believe that she has a three-month-old. Wait, that is three? That Three. And they she was said- wearing that crop <laughs> top. I don't understand people like that. <laughs> I I think I rewound it because like they show the little baby and I was like, oh how cute and they're like three months old and I was like, excuse me, wow. Wait. what three?
0: <laughs> I I feel like it may, and I know that she's like for TV and everything, and you find babysitters and you know all of that. But it's such an unrealistic look, at least from everyone else I know that has had a child at three months, like what they look like, what they feel like, what their home is like. It's just chaos. Um, And there's just a lot happening. And, you know, and it's overwhelming. And she just seems like, whatever. (laughs) It's just like, but maybe it's like that for some parents. Maybe some parents are just kind of like, yeah, okay, I did this once. I know what I'm doing again. Got it. Well, because
1: she said she is two under two, so maybe she was just like, "Well, I just did this, so let's let's do it." Yeah. again. I don't know. I'm not a parent to a human, just a beagle, so I don't I don't know.
0: <laughs> She's like pulling a Rihanna. She's like, "Okay, I just did this. Yeah, next." Exactly. <laughs> um, that is, I am wow because we saw Wendy start Potomac when her daughter was like two or three months and her daughter was born premature and had to spend a lot of time at the NICU which is like a whole other set of pain and challenges you know and and she looked fucking phenomenal I mean she didn't think she did right but I thought she did same um, okay um, kind of finally the Melissa versus Teresa of it all I know this has been going on forever. I know people seem to usually side with one or the other, but I'm someone who kind of straddles. I've always thought that Teresa is just so narcissistic, but I'm starting to see her point because she doesn't seem to bring up arguments anymore. It seems like it was Melissa this time. Like she seemed to enter the season with, like, whatever, it is what it is. And I can't change it. And Melissa was like, I'm going to keep poking and reminding and like bringing it up because I have nothing else to do.
1: I'm very exhausted by the whole thing. But also, I can say this as an Italian, there is nothing Italians like to do more than hold a grudge. (laughs) And I mean, overseeding chart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, overseeing. No, but seriously, like the little, as Dolores said, you know, you don't mess. It is the little things. It is the petty little things. And what got me was that Teresa changed her tune. She was like, Well, you said you'd be okay at the other table. And Melissa was like, What got me that Teresa was lying was. Melissa is not an Academy Award-winning actress. That reaction of Melissa to the whole seating situation seemed so genuine of what the fuck that that really rung true to my core that Teresa is lying. And just the whole fact of, okay, you don't have to have Melissa as a bridesmaid, but why did you have to have Louie's sister's As bridesmaids, and not just do your daughters, like that. Yeah, that is yeah.
0: That that just in general, because like you're this is your second marriage. Like you don't need to have like eight bridesmaids. Yeah, in general, I just don't think having tons of bridesmaids is something people do over a certain age. It's. You can be there and be supportive and still do all the bachelorette and bridal stuff without it being like, you stand next to me in this particular dress, wearing this particular thing and your hair this way. And, you know, all of that. It doesn't have to be like that. I thought it would have been nice if they just had their kids up there with them.
1: Same. And I think it was intentionally messy for Teresa to do that. I also thought it was interesting that Melissa brought up in the beginning of the episode that Teresa didn't want Joe to walk her down the aisle either, which I hadn't really thought about until she brought it up. Of like, oh wow, that is kind of like so. I don't actually know who did walk her down the aisle. I think
0: she just walked by herself.
1: She just walked by herself. Which, okay, you know, I yeah. think
0: is totally fine and valid.
1: Yeah, yeah that's. T- I think it's totally fine. I just. There are certain things that Teresa is doing that I feel like are instigators that she's trying to deflect from. And I am not a tree hugger and I'm not a, you know, like Melissa Gordita crunch. I just am trying to like see, <laughs> see both sides yeah. of, of what it is. And I do think Joe Gorga is quite obnoxious. I
0: mean, like I in like the- he's the problem. Everyone's like, oh, it's it's either Melissa or Teresa. And I'm like, no, he let this get to this level and he thinks it's women's business to like figure it out rather than he is the sibling he should be smoothing things over he should not force his wife to do that and i don't know also i think and we're watching this a lot on family karma and it's i think hard for a lot of people to swallow my family included But when two people get married, they get to choose what they want to do. I understand other people put their money in and they can make requests. But if you're giving someone money for a wedding and holding it over their head that they have to do things a certain way, like that's, I I don't know, whatever. Teresa and Louis are paying for this wedding. They're adults. They can choose how they want it to be. And it doesn't have to mean so much to everyone else. It can right. just be, hey, I want to do this thing. I'm going to extend an olive branch um, to welcome Louie's sisters into my life and have them with me. I want the people that I love, the people that I feel comfortable with. You know, my parents aren't here. I'm not on a great footing with my brother. Like, let me surround myself with people that make me feel comfortable and that have supported this relationship that I have. I think that's a completely valid thing to do. I think it's valid for Nicholas on Family Karma to voice his concerns. And I don't know why Melissa and Joe Gorga have to have a say in her wedding. And I get that this is probably a cultural thing, you know, that I, we had the same issues in my family. Like, Jewish you have to do this you have to do that you do that. And it's like if you're bringing someone who's not from that background like you don't do all the same things
1: right
0: I don't know I've never taken Teresa's side on anything but I'm just like just fucking shut up it's her wedding let her do what she wants to do and like move on why is it bothering you so much you clearly don't like her
1: Like, why are you so hurt? (laughs) And, And I think that's the thing that is really tough is they've been ingrained so much. Family, family, family. Like, I love my family, you know, family. But like, at the same time, if you don't like them as people, you don't have to participate in each other's lives. Like, there's no law, but it's tough. And it's sad that they keep, doing the same thing over and over again. But I did think it was interesting that Louis was all about keeping the peace. And then in episode one, we see him say to Teresa, oh, you should have called them a bitch boy sooner. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, what happened to Zen Louis over here trying to be the mediator? I think Louis
0: watched last season. (laughs)
1: Yeah. There you and go. all
0: the shit that Joe said about him. And I'd be pissed, too. I just I, I don't know. Joe Gorka is a piece of shit. I think I think he was not as good of a son to his parents as he claims. I don't think he was as amazing to his sister when she was in jail and her family. Like, I feel like he inflates a whole lot of stuff. And then And I I don't believe it's all Melissa's fault at all. I, I think both him and Teresa need to find ways to interact aside from everyone else in their lives. They need to build their own relationship. And if it's not working, it's not working. But at the same time, if you have a family member that's getting married and you are invited, you show up regardless of whether or not you're not part of the ceremony or you're not sitting at the right table or whatever it is, you show up because it's not about you. It's about them. And I don't think, you know, you can't have like three narcissists like make it work. Like it's just it always has to be about the Gorgas also.
1: Yeah. And you don't get a day like that back, you know, no. and it you, if you think, you know, like I had an own personal situation where certain people weren't invited to my wedding that I'm estranged from for my own protection. You know, like if I could have a relationship with them, I would, but I can't. And so yeah. they weren't invited for the greater good. But I do think at the core, Joe and Melissa have to regret not going because it is something a day you don't get back and a way to just support your sister. And even if you have this laundry list of things, they could have said, well, I was there at your wedding. I was there to, you know, be supportive of your love. Because at the end of the day, like, Teresa's been through so much. Like, I have my suspicions about Louis. I truly do. But I want Teresa to be happy. She's, you know, all the trials and tribulations. Yeah.
0: No, I want her to be happy, too. I I just feel like for the first time I'm seeing Melissa, like, not letting something go, Joe not letting something go, and, like, what else do you have going on in your life? Yeah. You know, your shitty house that you're building that, like, the windows don't even match each other?
1: My gosh. How unsymmetrical that house is is disturbing.
0: (laughs) (sighs) I don't know. I'm just so tired of... Like you you don't get to say that you care about people and then not show up to wedding or her birthday party when invited.
1: The one thing that I do find interesting, and I guess we'll learn more this season is when Teresa was in jail, I don't think Joe and Melissa were on her list. so to visit. I know oh. for
0: sure
1: I know for sure Melissa wasn't on her list because that came up in a reunion. I don't know if Joe wasn't on the list, but I also am curious from that preview to see how much they were there for Joe, but also how much Joe Judice would even let them do in, in all true. fairness. Because, like, he, he's that kind of guy.
0: <laughs> it sounds like, though, the girls, especially like Adriana, like people who. The girls who aren't even interested in being on the show, like the not Gia's, <laughs> the not Melania's, are are stating like they lie. They're saying that they were always there and they were driving us places and they were helping us out. But like they weren't there. It was our grandparents. And I I don't know. I don't believe those kids have a reason to lie the way that the adults have a reason to lie. And I believe that Joe and Melissa make it sound like they did a whole lot more for that family than they actually did. Which is sad and sick, but that's what I think.
1: Yeah. And and we'll see. I'm interested to see how that conversation pans out for sure. Yeah.
0: And at the same time, like, I think Teresa is insufferable and I could never be friends with someone like her because I don't think she's capable of, like, thinking through things and really reflecting. But at least for the last two episodes, she seems to be on a path that I can get behind.
1: By the way, IRL, her voice, is grating. <laughs> when she was on a panel at Provoke, I looked at my friend and I was like, wow. Her voice is, is
0: something.
1: Her voice is... is is something. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> Certain voices you can just like really pick out of a lineup.
1: And also I would like her and uh uh oh my god, Louie to please consult a dermatologist uh probably every 3 months just to make sure they're doing okay cuz those tans uh they they make me un- uncomfortable and it from look like it doesn't look like
0: spray tan either like that's the difference that's what Mm -hmm. freaks me out same how are people so red how is that a thing
1: i don't know i don't tan Um, yeah i know i don't either (laughs) (laughs) louis
0: face is like they're all just like so (laughs) they're so red okay um, well, speaking of tanning, shall we jump on over to are they in Montauk or are they in Watermill? Where where is the summer house?
1: So I think it's in East Hampton. Okay. It's definitely I think the first year they were in Montauk and because they couldn't get a house anywhere else or film. And then I think since then they're in Southampton.
0: And then now you're saying East Hampton?
1: Oh, yeah. East Hampton. East Hampton or Southampton. I'm not okay. sure exactly where the house is, but I know they're not in Montauk anymore.
0: Okay. Is it true that there are these sort of weird zoning regulations? Or do you think production is coming up with some sort of shit to make it interesting?
1: So I definitely did Google, and I could not find anything solidifying that to be true. And also, they let them have that house incorrectly zoned for two years. So I, I call bullshit. I think it was the producers. I
0: think it's bullshit too. Because they were kind of like, wait till you see. Like, it just, I don't know. You, It's still a bedroom. Like, based on, I don't know, all the laws and rules of real estate. But like, a bedroom has to have a closet and it has to have a window to be a yeah. bedroom, I believe. And so like, even if it's zoned, it's still a bedroom even if no one's sleeping in it. Yeah. I think they just want to make an interesting for dramatic purposes. Okay. Um, how are you feeling about the new people? Gabby, Sam, and Chris. We can go through them one by one.
1: Gabby seems nice. Uh I wanna know more about how she's actually friends with Paige, or if it's I mean, I guess she's really not. I guess it was just cast. Yeah, Uh, uh, She seems fun I like how self-aware she is About how vain she is (laughs) She's like I'm shallow And Kyle like
0: leaned in farther And was like huh and she's like yeah Shallow
1: there's not much
0: much Depth there (laughs) I was laughing so hard She's funny she's truly funny
1: Uh, That was hilarious Sam I'm kind of like why Are you here you're not actually friends With with Anyone as I don't know, Sam. I just didn't get the best vibe off of. I don't know if she's gonna stir a lot of things up and really get in the mix. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. What do you think of her? She's fine, she's so
0: young, and I know that's you know, when Paige and Hannah came in, they were that age, but it just is so weird to have a 25 year old and an almost 40 year old in the same house, yeah. um, it, especially the stage in her life that she's at at 25 um it's just interesting but according to social media i think she's really good friends with danielle and that really is something i'm interested in seeing once danielle starts showing up for for summer house I also was just exhausted by her description of her day, like waking up at 7am or whatever time she wakes up, but getting 10,000 steps in by 10am, and then working 10 hours and then going to a club until 3am and then doing it all over again. Like it sounds like how do you do that? I mean, clearly drugs, but You know, like this is like the habit that Carl had gotten in because he would work hard at his job, like really hard and then play really hard. And if you want to do all of that, you have to just be awake all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Um, know. And then Chris.
1: Oh, he seems nice. Big fan of
0: Chris. I am. Yeah. I just – the fact that he's from Naples, Florida, I laughed out loud because, like, that's where my dad and Joyce live for part of the year, and they're in Minneapolis the rest of the year. Um, it is – and he was, like, retirement community. Like, I cannot exaggerate how many old people are there. Oh, yes. He's, I've been there. Like, there's yeah. no young people. Like, how – and every time I pass a school, I'm, like, how is it like to grow up in this community? It's just so disproportionate. <laughs> I just – Oh, it just made me laugh.
1: And he had a really kind smile. Yeah, and he was in the Marines. Yeah, which was pretty cool. And he was, it was laughing
0: where he like immediately, like Carl was like standing up straighter. And he was like, dude, you don't have to stand at attention. <laughs> like, it's all good. <laughs> but I liked that he went running in the morning, that he seems to be someone that'd be open to working out in the morning. I don't want Lindsay and Carl to feel like on an island. yeah. Because if you look back, Carl always liked working out in the morning. It was always a thing. They've done Barry's boot camp going back years and years. Like one of the big fights between Lindsay and Carl was at a Barry's boot camp over him hitting on the instructor. I It feels like Kyle doesn't like Carl's sobriety, and he's blaming Lindsay as the reason that things are off and not the fact that Carl is sober.
1: That's a really tough dynamic because it's also is Kyle just so uncomfortable with seeing Carl evolve and go in that more domestic kind of way when even though Kyle is now married and turning 40, he's like, I'm still going to party when you're like, okay, like, obviously you run a successful business. Loverboy is everywhere. But, you know, we saw how bad things went leading up to the wedding last year with his partying and with, with all of that. So it'll be interesting to see the evolution or lack thereof <laughs> this season.
0: Now, I have some thoughts on the runnings of Loverboy. I'm ready. <sighs> okay, not sure how popular this is. I think Kyle does things in extremes, right? Mm -hmm. So he like will work crazy, crazy hours, bust his ass, and he thinks that's the only way to run a successful company. But once you have that brand recognition, you need to build up a support staff so it's not all just on you, right? Like (laughs) I also think that that level of extremism Is not celebrated by people who are in sobriety. Like any level of extremism, working too hard, working out too hard, anything in extremism, like, because people then start examining things in their lives and they want balance. That's a huge part. And it sounds like Carl is trying to have a little more balance. And Kyle's like, come on, we would like work, we should work extra hard. And you know, you shouldn't be working as hard once you've reached like they're at whole foods i don't yeah. know like <laughs> they've made it they should be i don't know so and i'm again i'm not someone who works in business so but my personal experience in april i went to a lover boy event in washington dc where kyle and carl made a public appearance when they showed up Carl, um kyle was extremely, extremely drunk. So drunk that I don't think he could carry out the responsibilities of what he was supposed to do at that event, which is mainly just to chit-chat with people, but also to greet the owner of the bar and to get a photo with the owner of the bar, to find who was actually the person that invited them, who set the event up. Carl was basically acting like Kyle's dad and was like, "Hey Kyle, we got to get a photo with the owner." And then like, I saw him talking to the owner and being like, "Thanks so much for having us and for a caring lover boy. We really appreciate." Like, he was the one doing the business side of things. I can only imagine how difficult it must be to be with your best friend and your business partner traveling together. While sober, while actively trying to avoid drugs and alcohol, and have that other person throw it in your face nonstop, and and do it in a type of excess that would lead someone who's sober to be uncomfortable. Right. I blame Kyle and all of it, <laughs> and I love Kyle. I do. I think he's so fun to watch on TV. I think he means well. I think he's a flawed person just like the rest of us. But I think all the Kyle Carl issues are actually Kyle related and his response to Carl's sobriety rather than anything to do with Lindsay. I think it has nothing to do with Lindsay.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine how difficult it must be for Carl to be in that kind of situation. And also to not forget the trauma that Carl experienced that ultimately led him to be sober. Because, you know, they talk about your rock bottom moment. And unfortunately, I don't want to speak to him and his journey, but as a viewer of the show and someone that follows him on social media, like it seems like the rock bottom for him was devastatingly the death of his brother. And that is, I mean, that's way more that any of us hopefully can, can comprehend. And so it's like, Kyle also at any sort of business event, you know, uh, alcohol business related or not, like you need to be lucid enough to shake the owner's hand and say, thank you for carrying our product.
0: Which is exactly what Kyle was telling to Carl back when Carl was getting shit faced right. all the time and couldn't do his job. Right. It's, It's hard, it must be difficult promoting an alcohol product, an alcohol company, where you go and do, you know, promotions where alcohol, your drug of choice, one of them is everywhere. I just, I can't imagine how hard it must be. And I feel like for whatever reason, everyone except Lindsay seems to like not get it. Like how serious addiction is. And the thing is, of all people, Kyle should be the one to get it because Carl, after his brother died, so that was like in the summer of whatever year, that following like December or January, around the holidays, he was extremely depressed. He locked himself in an apartment. He was binging all day and all night. And Kyle stood outside his apartment and was like, I just want you to know I love you. It's not about lover boy. Like, forget all this stuff. Like, I care about you and I'm worried.
1: Yeah. And
0: that, I believe, was Carl's rock bottom was very closely tied, you know, and then he became sober. But I think Kyle didn't realize what that entails, what a sober person's life looks like. Yeah, which isn't honestly that different from other people's lives, but it is certainly different from someone who is actively binge drinking all the time.
1: And this kind of made a career
0: out of it. That's that's also what's so hard. I almost feel guilty. Like people are like, "Oh, they're boring. Get them off the show." I'm like, so we have to watch people binge drink. Like they don't do that on Housewives, and they're fascinating to watch. Why do people have to be drunk? Margaret Josephs never drinks.
1: Yeah. Dolores doesn't really drink
0: either. Yeah. Like, people can be very interesting and not drink. I I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on this. But I also want to – let me get your thoughts first. Maya versus, like, Carl and Lindsay and that whole situation that went down.
1: So I think that's a very – multi-layered issue. Because yeah. of course we've heard the phrase California sober, some people abstain from alcohol and yet still partake in marijuana. It's legal now. Okay, whatever whatever works for you in your journey. I think that at the time Maya asked if Carl wanted to go smoke, his sobriety maybe was not on the most stable ground. And so that's why Lindsay reacted. But again, she I think Lindsay as she has a propensity to got activated. Yeah. And maybe didn't articulate in the best way. Because it was nice to see the flashbacks of Maya and Carl having that great relationship of knowing you can count on someone, you know, she wasn't the raging party girl either. She was the second to go to sleep at night. So I'm, I'm sure it was really tough for my, to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I'm not trying to overstep bounds with your boyfriend. This is just behavior that we've done before. Maybe clue me in if, now is not a good time. I just think it could have been handled in such a better way.
0: I 100% agree. I think Lindsay, the problem wasn't the message. It was how she said it. And for Maya to say she made me feel like less than human or not even human, the way she talked to me, that is a huge problem. At the same time, this entire scenario, Maya's really making it about herself. And the loss of the friendship that she had and not at all with how Carl is doing with like the underlying issue of sobriety, any of that. Um, So I feel like both Lindsay and Maya are kind of have things they could have improved with that. I'm also wondering, like, what happened to Maya between last year and this year that tequila is her crutch, that she's carrying it everywhere with her, that she's making everyone do shots of tequila with her, so much so that Paige has to sit her down and be like, I've got some news and I don't want you to be mad at me, but I can no longer drink tequila. And then Maya's like, this is one of the worst things you could tell me. And I get that she's exaggerating and it's a joke, but imagine that kind of a person how are they able to be supportive to someone like Carl
1: yeah I think Maya probably has succumbed to the pressure of the show mm-hmm. and, and it's just like this is what we do this is what I mean and I'm not a fan of Paige but I did think it was funny which is because like, is that balsamic vinegar
0: yeah like, what do you-
1: <laughs> yeah I mean, like, that would have been kind of awesome if, like, Maya came in with, like, artisanal balsamic vinegar and olive oil. Like, woohoo! I mean, say
0: what you will about Paige, but I do think she's a good friend to her friends. I am very impressed with how she has stayed friends with Hannah someone who i just couldn't stand right I can't stand. but hannah. they have their own like they've stayed friends they have a business together they run the podcast they go on tour and they're just she doesn't care that the viewers didn't like hannah she does not care that's her friend and that's someone that she's going to be around regardless and i've i appreciate that because a lot of people when someone stops being on the show they stop being their friend and you know Anyways, that's probably the one positive thing I can say about Paige. I just, I just, I don't know. I just um, can't get over the, ch- Some, something's weird about Maya to me. Um, and I've thought it since last year when she was asked about Oliver, all those months after she had met him. They had been seeing each other for like eight months and she wouldn't talk anymore about it. Like she wouldn't say, it, it felt like she was being cagey. And I feel like maybe is she willing to open up about her life? Or is she trying to like mask everything with partying? Because what the hell's going on? Like, are you in a relationship with him? Do you want to be in a monogamous relationship? Like, is that what you're about? Is that not what you're about? Like, what have you been doing with your cookie business? I get we haven't like seen all that. But the only thing we saw from her was drinking tequila.
1: (laughs) Well, I think someone asked her how are things going with Oliver. The Oliver, and she said, yeah, really good. And then, yeah, I guess stopped there. But I did think it was funny that Kyle said, "Like, oh, do you have cookies for me?" And she was like, "No." <laughs> so- okay, uh, are we dro- Yeah, are we dropping that? I mean, I know at the reunion she said she has a huge wait list. Like, good, maximize that potential. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
0: don't know. Something just seemed off this time. Like. And then Carl, for Carl to react so weird to her, he was kind of like, why are we talking about this now? Because I think he viewed that as a real friendship. And if she really was concerned about the friendship, she would reach out to him, even though Lindsay said, don't do it, and say, hey, listen, I had this conversation with Lindsay. It sounds like she doesn't want me contacting you. I'm not sure what it's about, but I care about you. And I was hoping we could talk it through. And she never did anything like that. So... You know, he's probably like, okay, you're just bringing this up for drama on the show rather than like, you actually care about me, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's definitely not a good feeling.
0: I mean, he had to basically say, I don't smoke weed like I used to. Like, spell it out. She's like, I didn't know that. You know, which is, but at the same time, I don't know, like, you could ask him, like, you know?
1: Because also, I feel like as his friend, it's her job to be sensitive to where he lands Yeah, with, with his sobriety. Just like how, you know, if you go out with a friend one night and have three glasses of wine, and then the next time you go to dinner and only have one, you're not like, why aren't we getting a bottle? It's like, well, it's, you know, a Monday and I'm just having a glass of wine. Like, I you just, don't. Yeah.
0: I wonder if these people, um, if they're just, like, not friends with anyone that's sober for the because they dealt with addiction. Like, you know, if you know someone who's doing the California sober thing, you know that sometimes it might change, right? Like, and maybe they're lying to themselves. Like, I think that of certain people. I'm like, okay, they're just not ready to let go of that one thing. And so, like, I'm not going to comment on it. But if they decide that it's not for them, like, I'm not going to encourage it. Right. You know? If someone has a, a di- like addiction issue, it can span for like many different things. So and I don't you need know. To be
1: sensitive to it. Yeah, especially someone so
0: new; they're he's just figuring it all out. It's just wild to me that they're not like talking to him about it and s- seemingly wondering how it is and how they can be supportive of it. Instead, they just. Go ahead as if whatever, and they think he needs to be the one to adapt. And I get it. It's a show based on partying and drinking, and he is the one that's adapted. But for them to blame it all on Lindsay? Although, do you think there's a part of it that, like, him and Lindsay are just annoying as a couple and only hang out by themselves and don't see anyone?
1: Possibly. Because when Lindsay was like, Are we done with other people? Are you d-? like, she said to uh, Carl in a way, when they were in their room she was like are you are you done with other people for the day like are we are we over that and it sounded oddly like mother hen like mm-hmm. and i just was like can't you just like hey do you want to just like read a book or hang out and, like, take some time for us or have some solo time. Yeah. That would be so weird. They could be infuriating to hang out with as a couple. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've never been around them, so I can't I can't speak to that.
0: And if she or he is basically spending a lot less time talking to their friends or getting together with their friends, yeah, you know, that could be difficult for the friends for sure. Um, I'm sure Lindsay's not talking to Danielle as much as she was when she was single, right? Or when there were things that weren't going well.
1: I am not looking forward to the demise of their friendship. It makes me really sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I think I, I would, I could see how it could go wrong. You know, I, I can see it like where it's heading because when Carl and Lindsay got together, Danielle was not happy. She didn't speak to them for a little bit. She said she needed time to process. Oh, my. And I'm like, oh, God, do you have, like, leftover feelings towards Carl? You dated him for a while. Is it weird because the three of you used to hang out as a friend group and, like, were there for each other, but now two of them, now you're, like, more alone? Does this bring out problems that you're having in your relationship?
1: Right, because...
0: And what was your friendship with the two of them based on, right? Because they partied a lot. Like, I always assumed that the three of them were drinking and doing cocaine and going out to party and then doing it all over again. Like, that's what their life was. They called themselves the three amigos. I'm like, well, (laughs) like, you're staying up that late you know working that many hours and carl admittedly said he had a problem with cocaine so i'm assuming he was doing it with a lot of friends so then the whole dynamic changes when someone gets sober right and then when two people start dating out of the three that's weird i'm sure it feels weird
1: well, because it also seems like the overall consensus is they're moving too fast because there is the other methodology of insobriety. Uh, yes, yes. You are not supposed to rush in, which like Dan, I hung out with Danielle for like a half hour. I do not know her extremely well, but in the short amount of time I hung out with her, she's a very level headed, like business minded, very just like straight shooting, but seems to have a very kind heart kind of person. And I wonder if she did broach Lindsay and say like, hey, is this like, wow, this is going pretty fast. And Lindsay freaked out because Lindsay has a goal. She's, you know, in her late thirties and wants to get married and presumably have children if she has her eye on the prize and doesn't really want to listen to other people's. And I'm, this is pure speculation on, on my end, but.
0: I could see that. I could definitely see that her being like, you're moving really quickly. Are you sure? Are you sure? But at the same time, like how much longer are you supposed to wait? Like what's appropriate? Like, I don't know.
1: It's so multidimensional and which is why it makes it fascinating to watch and I think we yeah. all bring we all bring our own perspectives and life experiences to these situations.
0: Also if you've ever seen two people who've been best friends and never dated start dating like they know within weeks whether or not it's going to work. Oh wow. Because they're each other's best they know everything already. So it's like, can we make this work romantically? My brother fell in love with his best friend. They were best friends for years. Years. (laughs) And then eventually they got together and it was just game over, you know, immediately. Like, this is it. Doesn't matter how young we are. Doesn't matter anything else like we are this is it like when you find your best friend and it works in a relationship there's probably nothing better you know
1: yeah when you know you know Oh, yeah, yeah,,
0: I feel like it's gonna break our hearts to watch the Lindsay and Danielle of it all because we're gonna see both of the sides, and we're just gonna be like, "Oh, if you only phrased it this way or if you only said it that way, and I worry that Danielle is gonna tell them something drunk, like that she's you know i that was what I was worried about Maya, like even though they don't seem drunk, Maya had been drinking the night that she sat down to talk to Carl. <laughs> And I'm like, couldn't you have this conversation sober? This is like such a sense. Like everything is so. <laughs> There's alcohol everywhere, and I just, you know what? Maybe honestly, maybe I'm the one that's wrong, and maybe Carl and Lindsay just shouldn't be on the show.
1: But you never know, because sometimes, you know, drunk minds, sober thoughts. Maybe that could work to the benefit. I'm, I'm just playing. <laughs> you never no, know. Yeah, something- yeah, yeah. No, I sometimes. just
0: think it would make Carl uncomfortable.
1: Right. Yes. That. Yeah. yeah. Carl's top of mind. Yeah, for sure.
0: I don't know. Maybe this isn't the best place for them. But at the same time, they didn't really go to do Winterhouse. They stayed for like two days because of
1: this very same scenario. And they were like alienated, right? People did not take well to them at Winterhouse, correct? Yeah, they were so –
0: everyone was like whispering about them and – I can't quite figure out if, like, they come in with an aura of, like, we're so close and, like, we're not going to talk to anyone else. Or if other people are, like, I can't believe that they're together. She just tried to get with Austin. Now she's acting like she's so into Carl. You know, I I don't know what it all is.
1: I don't like that double standard about Lindsay and and all of that. Because, like, Austin tries to get with everybody. And... Is the Honda Civic of men. So, no offense to Honda Civics. <laughs> I mean,
0: I think at the end of the day, Lindsay is someone that's a difficult person. I think most people on Bravo are very difficult people and are extremely rude to others around them, right? People who work in the service industry, people who are just everyday fans. If it's not the right moment and the right time, like they can get triggered and be an asshole, right? And then there's some people who are really, really sweet and really kind. I don't think Lindsay's that person. I think she can be that person if she's prepared, but the amount of things we've heard from others about negative things about her interacting with a member of Andy's staff, like that doesn't come out of nowhere. And I do think that aspect of it all is what Paige and um Amanda and them have a problem with and and they haven't found a way to like explain it or maybe it's it's they can't talk about it because it's breaking the fourth wall like you're just mean okay. to the crew or you're mean you know you're just rude to people um I don't know It almost reminds me this this is like really like bringing us back but during glee when the show was oh, on, Leah Michelle, you know, was known as being uh, a, horrible, she's a domestic horrible, terrorist.: Yeah, a domestic terrorist. And she was with Corey Monteith, who was known to be the kindest, sweetest, most empathetic and thoughtful person, And he saw the good in her when no one else did. And it kind of feels like everyone loves Carl, but they all have a problem with Lindsay. Like is it that kind of a relationship? Where, like, he sees, like, the good in her and no one else seems to understand it?
1: Maybe. I don't Maybe know. Maybe it did seem like, I mean, the way he looked at her, like, it's definitely, I mean, there's genuine love and caring. hmm And I think that they, they serve certain purposes for each other in terms of what they need emotionally. And... Yeah, maybe the rest of the cast is just frustrated because they see how great Carl is and they're frustrated that, you know. They don't
0: have a boyfriend or a partner that listens, that pays attention, that is in tune with their needs, that doesn't stay out all night drinking and ignore their phone calls, you know, talk to their food in the kitchen in the middle of the night. Like, it's just, yeah, I I wonder, you know, looking at who... like looking at who these men are craig you know you've got the austins you've got kyle like none of those men are great boyfriends yeah no. or partners like they haven't shown that on tv and carl is showing he's a good partner so maybe there's a level of jealousy i don't know but listeners let me know what you think about my Liam michelle and um cory monte the reference <laughs> oh my god and he suffered from addiction too I didn't even make that connection. All right. Um, thank you so much for being on, Harmony. Thank
1: you for having Is there me.
0: anything else that we didn't cover?
1: Uh, I will just say that I'm absolutely loving Miami. Miami. Oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. We were, I yes, love it. Yes.
0: We were recording this a bit earlier in the week, so didn't have a chance to go over Vanderpump Rules and Miami, but um, we'll be talking about it next week. Yeah, I love Miami. I love all of them. Larsa annoys the shit out of me, but I love, like, I hate watch her, you know? I can't stand her. But I, I also, like, love watching her, if that makes sense. Like, it all works. It all yeah. works. <laughs> her forever Valentine Michael Jordan son. <laughs>
1: i <I'm> dying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, the one that you, like, met as a kid? Anyone, oh. if I met someone when they were a child... Even if I had no relationship with their family, if I had met them even once and knew that I met them, and then there was supposed to be some sort of romantic thing, like, that's just feels wrong.
1: Yes. Yes. I don't know why more people don't feel that. And she's just beyond shallow. I can't. I
0: know. I also, this is, like, so unrelated but um, there was all this drama with like apparently Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly and I don't know much about any of them and everyone's like oh my god she started following Eminem and I didn't know what that why that was an issue so I like googled it it turns out Machine Gun Kelly said like lewd things about Eminem's daughter like 10 plus years ago well 10 plus years ago his daughter was a minor yeah so, oh, my God, that's hor- like wh- a teenage girl. thats that's gross. Like, what is wrong with people?
1: <laughs> Absolutely no sense.
0: Anyway. um, And so, yeah, that goes back to Marcus Jordan. <laughs> it just I don't know. I think it's weird, people. I think it's weird. And I cannot wait for next season of Miami when someone actually brings it up to her face that it's creepy. And by someone, you mean definitely Adriana. Nicole. Oh, I was thinking Nicole. Hey, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Adriana is she's she's got like a little bit of brandy in her. Yes. She she like is funny and fun and you humored and you laugh and then she does something that I feel like is a little bit of a step too far and makes me
1: uncomfortable. Yes, yes. She she's kind of yeah. She's got the brandy Glanville unpredictability chip in her.
0: Mm hmm. It just, yeah. Like when she talks about Frankie in next week's or this week's episode, like that's, that's no, like, why are you bringing that up as an example? What is wrong with you?
1: We don't talk about the children. And also, just, just the children like, that Larsa's dating, but other than that.
0: <laughs> but like, why would you bring up, like, oh, like an accident in your kid, like, as if we don't all know that Frankie had an accident?
1: And, Alexia has been so incredible. Like, say, you know, I know Andy likes to call Alexia the Cuban Teresa Judice, but she like, is. yeah. I mean, they're both incredible mothers. But yes, like, all yeah, the yeah, same. yeah. And also, Alexia growing from the whole blow up with Todd last season. That mm-hmm. was, you know, I really do think she grew from that.
0: Yeah. No, I am. I'm here for it. I love that she's spending time having people get to know the challenges of having an adult child with, you know, unique abilities and resource that there are resources out there to support them. You know, I didn't know a whole lot about this. I started looking up the DeMoya Foundation. I'm like, this is a really, really cool thing. And such a neat, useful, you know, ability, I mean, to get people to be able to realize their full potential and not be so reliant on others just because they have something about them. That's different.
1: It's you know? worth weight in gold to give them the skills that they need to just yeah,
0: to be as best a
1: life as they can.
0: Yeah. To be more independent for sure. And I'm really excited to watch Frankie like go through this process. Cause it sounds like he's not very comfortable being independent, but it'll come with time. You know, they're a little codependent on each other, him and mm-hmm. Alexia and I think they're both being really mature, trying to figure out, okay, like, how do we make this sustainable for the long term, you know, when Alexia may not be around anymore? So. Absolutely,
1: it's important.
0: Anyway, um, that was a interesting note to end on. Harmony, <laughs> um, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you, and anything else you want to plug about anything
1: (laughs) Uh, you can find me on Instagram under NY is my boyfriend I always love chatting about housewives Um, if you're coming to New York City and you need any kind of recommendation for anything uh, just Slide into my DMs and let me know. Always happy to give recommendations for my favorite spots. And it's just so fun to chat about Housewives and Summer House and just everything Bravo. I love it. Yeah. And your husband
0: is a chef, right? Or in the food. Uh, he's a
1: mixologist.
0: Mixologist. So he knows like all the restaurants, all the places like he's yep. like he really, a really cool plugged in.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, that is awesome. That is so <laughs> cool. That's, that's why you know all the cool places in the Hamptons, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're going in June. So I'll let you know if I if I see anything. I know it's a little bit before filming, but who knows? You never know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You you might see Ramona Singer. (laughs) Luann. Oh, God. Luann. Oh, so that's so so great. Well, thank you so much for for coming on again and uh, for kind of being our correspondent to the tri-state area.
1: (laughs) Happy to. Thank you, Mandy we